We will be in John chapter 6 this morning. In the uh, opening verses, um, in fact, the first um, 25 verses or so of chapter 6, I'm not going to read them uh, because it's it's stories that we're familiar with. Um, I just want to go over that and then get into the latter part of the chapter. At the beginning of this chapter, um, <clears throat> we see Jesus and his disciples there near there to the Sea of Galilee, and they go up on a mountain, and this multitude of people uh, gather around, and it becomes evening, and they're uh, hungry. And so... Uh, and discussing the matter of how to feed them, one of the disciples says, well, here's a boy, he has some loaves of bread and a couple of fish, but what is that among so many? And Jesus says, well, have everybody sit down, and according to the other Gospels, they sat down by fifties and by hundreds, and then he takes that bread and the fish, he blesses it and gives it to the disciples and tells them to hand it out to the people, the people all eat, and then they gather up the baskets of the fragments that are left over and they have 12 baskets full. And um, the uh, miracle of the feeding of the 5,000 and the other gospels in Matthew, it mentions there were 5,000 men besides the women and children. So very easily could have been 10,000 people there. Uh, quite a miracle. And um, <clears throat> after that, Jesus, uh, to get alone, he goes up on another mountain. He sends his disciples down to the Sea of Galilee where they get in a boat and begin rowing, going across the Sea of Galilee, and uh, they get out in the middle of the sea, and it's uh, in the nighttime, and the uh, wind comes up, and the sea gets really rough, and they're afraid. They're afraid they're going to sink, and, and then they look. They think they see a ghost, and, but it's not. It's Jesus walking on the water. And though it's not recorded here, it's recorded in the other Gospels how that then Peter, he steps out of the boat and he walks. Uh, that's the time when he walks on water briefly and uh, he begins to sink. Jesus takes him by the hand and then they receive Jesus into the boat and it's uh, immediately calm, but it also says they are immediately at the land where they were at their destination. And so you have that whole story. And we, uh, I'm just summarizing that this morning because all of that is in preparation for the teaching that Jesus does that follows. Uh, it's connected to the feeding of the 5,000 and it's connected to the faith that Peter had, though... Uh, 
he took his eyes off of Jesus and began to sink, but he still had the faith enough to walk for a short while. And both the feeding of the 5,000 and the uh, faith, the believing that Peter exhibited there uh, are connected to the rest of this story. Um, On the following day, in verse 22, when the people who were standing on the other side of the sea saw that there was no other boat there except that one which his disciples had entered, and that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples, but his disciples had gone away alone. However, other boats came from Tiberias near the place where they ate bread after the Lord had given thanks. When the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they also got into boats and came to Capernaum seeking Jesus. And when they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? And Jesus answered them and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, you seek me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. So he um, he's addressing, uh, I'm sure it's not quite all of the crowd. Um, for that many people to have crossed over, it would have required lots and lots and lots of boats. But there was a significant number of them that went across to where Jesus was. Seeking more bread, seeking another miracle, seeking what they can get from Jesus to satisfy the flesh, basically, uh, is what's going on. And he said, Jesus t- told them that. And then verse 27, and this is a key verse to everything that he uh, will say to them from this point afterward. He says, Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has set his seal on him. He he makes this statement, and we'll look into this uh, as we go along. But he said the most important thing to do is to try to find or seek after, labor after the, the food which endures to everlasting life. And I'm sure the disciples and people are looking at him about this time and they're thinking, we, we, don't, we don't get it. What's he talking about? Food that lasts to everlasting life, food. And they said to him, What shall we do that we may work the works of God? And so they're, they're asking good questions. They're still on a physical plane. And Jesus is ratcheting it up to a spiritual plane. And... Jesus answered in verse 29 and said to them, This is the work of God. In other words, this is the work 
that is required of you, that you believe in him whom he sent. Uh, I mentioned uh, in previous uh, chapters how that one of the dominating themes in the Gospel of John is this, uh, this phrase, whom the Father has sent, or who, whom he has sent, meaning Jesus has been sent from God the Father. And we're going to see that occur several more times here in the passage before us. And this is the work, he said, that is required of you, that you believe in him who he sent, to believe, uh, to trust, uh, to uh, rest everything that you have on Jesus. And therefore they said to him, and they go right back again to the, the flesh, they go right back to the earthly things. They said to him, What sign will you perform then that we may see it and believe you? What work will you do? <laughs> it's like he's turned the water to wine, he's healed a paralytic, the lame are walking, he's, he's fed 5,000 people with just a few loaves of bread and two fish. I mean, come on now, <laughs> what, what more do you want to see? And, and they, that's the first response. After Jesus said, This is the work that you need to do to believe. Believe, and they said, "What sign?" And I think uh, we are so rightly called sheep. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you've ever worked a bunch of sheep or been around them, but they they will test your patience. It's <laughs> an understatement. Um, I'm sure Jesus, if if he expressed on the outward what he's feeling on the inside he's probably going and I chose them it's like (laughs) will they ever get it so what sign will you perform verse 31 they even remind him our fathers ate the manna in the desert and as it is written he gave them bread from heaven to eat so when they said this, that set it up for Jesus once again to uh, do some teaching to them, but take it to a higher level. They are still talking about what we can have here on this earth to satisfy our belly. Uh, what can we eat? And and those kind of things. And Jesus is talking about heavenly things. In verse 32, Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. So he sets them straight. It wasn't Moses who gave you the bread. It was my Father in heaven. And as for the present time, right now, he's giving you the true bread. That manna, that was just temporary for those folks in the wilderness. Now, I realize there may be manna in heaven, which goes on, but for that period of time, it was, it was for a season, uh, 40 years while they wandered in the wilderness. But Jesus said, my Father gives to you the true bread from heaven for the bread of God 
is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And he said, that's the true bread. And then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. Again, they're, they're seeking, but they're just not quite seeking the right thing. And they're even using the right words. Give us this bread. And <clears throat> they're not quite understanding that Jesus is referring to himself. And so he said in verse 35, I am the bread of life. So he, he just makes it very pointed, very clear. I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. You remember couple of chapters back, the woman at the well, uh, the Samaritan woman, and Jesus talking to her, he said, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. And whoever drinks of this water um, here at this well, he says, will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst, but the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. So he, Jesus did the same thing with the woman at the well. She was talking about physical water, and he's talking about everlasting water. He, he took it to the spiritual level with her, the same way that he's taking the bread to a spiritual level with these people. Verse 36, But I said to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. The uh, the word believe has already occurred several times. And that should uh, alert us that at the core of what Jesus is saying here, that the works that you are required to do by the Father, uh, what I'm asking you to do is to believe. Some people would say, uh, especially if you come from a denomination that has lots of works uh, that they require you to do, that in order to be saved, you have to go through this detailed process. Maybe it's a confirmation or, or whatever, you know. You have to memorize this. You have to attend so many classes, you have to do this, you ha or in other churches where you, you have to walk the aisle uh, or you're not really saved. And what I read here is Jesus over and over again is focusing back on believing. But believing also has something to do with this living water and this bread. And, and it's an initial believing in Jesus and partaking of what he has to offer us, but it's also a continuing. 
you don't just believe one day and like that you're saved. Uh, you are, but being a follower of Jesus means that you continue to believe. You continue drinking the water that he has to offer. You continue eating the bread that he has to offer. And I don't mean uh, going home after a while and uh, getting you a glass of water or cutting you a slice of bread off and eating that. that again, that's, that's not what he's talking about. This, this living water has to do with the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of the living God coming to live inside of us. And uh, it, it washes us from our sins, cleanses us, for, and the forgiveness that's available. And then the bread would represent the nourishment. You know, Jesus, uh, there at the woman at the well, he said to the disciples, I said, uh, have you got something to eat? You, you're saying you don't need to eat. And he said, no, I have bread that you don't know anything about. I, I, and Jesus was trying to convey that there is more to life than just eating physical bread or drinking physical water. It's gaining your sustenance, your direction, your hope, your uh, purpose in life comes from Jesus Christ. I reflect back on the days before I knew Jesus. I, I don't want to reflect very long because I don't like those days, but I thought I knew my way. And I did not. I thought I knew what I wanted. And I did not. I thought I had my life all pulled together. And I certainly did not. It was falling apart at the seam. And it wasn't until I came to Jesus and I invited him to come into my life that I understood this thing about Jesus being the way. Because everywhere I went, he was directing me. I was, I was going places I had never dreamed I would go uh, previous. Uh, and meeting people I never dreamed I'd meet. He was the way. He's, he's the life. Even though I know my body is dying, I have life. That is, uh, it's, it's like old Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego in that fire where Nebuchadnezzar threw them in. And I love uh, what they said to old Nebuchadnezzar. They said, you know, the Lord is able to deliver us from this fire. But either way, we're going to be delivered out of your hands, O King Nebuchadnezzar. It's like we die, we're out of your hands. You don't have any power over us. We live, we're subject to the Lord, and you don't have any power over us. Either way, <laughs> we're out from under your hands. In other words, they recognized what it was to have true life. Life. 
eternal life. And that's what Jesus is talking about. And it begins here and now with us eating and feeding upon Jesus. And you say, well, how do you do that? Well, um, every now and then we, we live in the middle of a forest, Jan and I do. And every now and then it's just really, really nice just to walk down the road. And our road into our house goes several hundred yards through a forest. I love to just walk and and while walking think about things of the Lord and listen uh, it, it's quiet out there there's unless an airplane flies over or an occasional vehicle drives down the county road in front of us. And where we live, you can go all day, and sometimes there's not even one goes by. It's quiet. So you can actually hear from the Lord. And it's, it's on this spiritual level. And sometimes, and I'm not saying that, you know, he comes down and I see him and he walks with by me and I talk and all that. No, not like that. But I'm just saying, based upon the word that I read, and it becomes part of me, as I'm talking, praying, some of that scripture can, the Holy Spirit can use it for God to speak to me. Scripture that I have not even committed to memorization, but it'll just just come. And there can be such a peace. I prayed a prayer when I was a very young Christian. There was a man that I knew who uh, was so deep in his walk with the Lord and, and and I wanted to be a whole lot like him and and I, I prayed that I could could be a whole lot more like him and he said uh, I asked him I said how, how did you get to be the way that you are and he said well for one when I became a Christian, I just read the Bible, just would read it. Read the New Testament about once, or the Old Testament about once for every three times I'd read the New Testament. But he said, I'd just read it and read it and read it. And then he said, I've been through a lot of hardships. I've been through a lot of trials. But Jesus has brought me through. And those trials have seasoned me into the character of the man that I am today. Well, I've prayed for that, and I've had lots of hardships, lots of trials. And the way I get through them is I know the Word. I know Jesus. I know whom I have believed in. And I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. When a trial comes, it is no problem to rest in the Lord. 
Now, you still have to deal with the issue. You still have to deal with whatever arises, but because he's the way, he shows me the way through it. He shows me because he is the life. I know that uh, this isn't the end. There's life after this struggle. And that, that's what he means to the people here when he says, I am the bread. I, and you have to believe. He says, verse 37, All that the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will by no means cast out. What a profound verse that is. All that the Father gives me. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, God the Father has given you to his Son. And you can rest assured that if you have come to Jesus he will by no means cast you out. That's a reference to the judgment. And when you come to stand before him, if you are truly his, he's not going to cast you out. For I have come down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him who sent me. This is the will of the Father who sent me, that of all he has given me I should lose nothing but should raise it up at the last day. That may be the strongest verse in all of the Bible for eternal security. I know there's a lot of debate among folks. Can I lose my salvation? Can I, can I do something and lose it? And Well, according to this, you can't. Once you truly come to Jesus... You are saved. You're sealed. And all, I like that word all. That includes me. You can say it includes you too. All of us. All that the Father has given to Jesus. I will lose nothing, but should raise it up at the last day. And oh, that means so much to me because I have not fit in with any crowd almost everywhere I go. Just, you know, I don't fit. I just, there's something a little different. And maybe I'm the weird one or, you know, I don't know. But um, it's just like I, I just never really fit. But I fit with Jesus. He accepts me as I am. I don't have to change, you know. I don't even have to use the perfect English. And he, he still likes me, you know. <laughs> and he's not going to lose me. Uh, in the cattle business out in West Texas with the great big pastures and all, and you may be gathering, you know, 10 square miles of country, and you know you put a hundred head of cattle in there, but when no, no matter how you gather that thing, what you do, you can only gather about 95, 96 head. 
But yet you go out there and honk the feed bucket horn and and you count all hundred are there. But you go back out there horseback to gather them and you lose some. So you just think, well, you know, my dad used to say they hadn't gotten away yet. There's ocean on both sides of them. <laughs> and so you gather and and you count and you got ninety eight or so. And you go out back out there and look everywhere and they're not there. So in a matter of time you put some more cattle back out there and you go out there as a feed pickup, honk the horn, and here they are there they are. And uh, you just you lose some. Uh, and you can't account for them. And we were driving cattle one time. We gathered a bunch of cattle, and we had 10 or 15 miles to go with them. And, and we counted them through the gate, and we drove them across this pasture, and we put them through another gate, counted them again, and we're missing a couple. I mean, how do you lose two head when you've got cowboys all the way around but in that just you lose some of them well when I read this that I will not lose any not going to lose but she'll raise it up at the last day and this is the, verse 40, and this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes, there's that word believe again, in him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. We don't have to have any fear that when we die and we're buried here on earth, but that we're going to be raised uh, at the last day, the resurrection will be raised. And <clears throat> verse 41 and following, though it doesn't really say it here, later you can read in verse 59 that though these are the things Jesus said in the synagogue. So they, uh, it's a next day probably, and they've moved to the synagogue and the Jews murmured against him because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. So they're, they're upset about this statement. And they said, is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then that he says, I have come down from heaven? And Jesus therefore answered them, do not murmur among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up at the last day. That word for draw him is uh, the old English word that we translate uh, woo, and we don't use that word anymore. But uh, some of you older folks, you may you may recognize it. But that's what the young man does when he has uh, got his eyes on the young girl, 
and he wants a date with her. Well, he woos her. He he goes and sings by her window in the old days, you know. <laughs> and uh, if you're going to a rodeo and you know she's going to be there, you go ahead and dress up and put on your nice hat and your nice clothes and you dress up and look a little bit more decent than you normally would. You comb your hair. And uh, that's... You, tr- you try to present yourself in such a way that you become appealing to her. That's the word woo. And it says that God woos us. He, he tries to make himself appealing to us. And no one can come to me Jesus says, unless the Father who sent me draws him or woos him, and I will raise him up at the last day. So the only way that you have ever in your life come to Jesus is that he was drawing you. I know we, we want to say, well, I found God or I found Jesus. Well, maybe you did. But it was because he was drawing you. He was opening your eyes so that you could see. He was opening your ears so you could hear the truth. He was opening your heart so that you could receive. He was doing all of this work in your life before you even knew Jesus. And as I look back in my own life, I can recognize a lot of the times that Jesus was drawing, or God the Father was drawing me at this time. When my grandmother gave me a Bible, that was drawing me. She was witnessing, but God the Father was drawing me. There was something about Jesus that appealed to me before I even knew him. And I knew it was right. I knew it. And that that came from God. It is written in the prophets, and they shall be taught by God. Therefore, everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except he who is from God. He has seen the Father. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me has everlasting life. I am the bread of life. We're going to end there this morning and take it up again uh, next time right there. But Jesus reaffirms again, I am the bread of life. It's a, it's a hard thing to, to grasp, I know, as, a, as someone searching for Christ, and it's also hard Uh, for a new Christian sometimes to grasp these things. But uh, those of you who've walked with the Lord a number of years, you, you know what it is to get up in the morning and have one of the first things that comes to your mind, uh, God, Jesus, or and read your Bible just maybe a verse or two before you head out the door to work, or late in the evening, Uh, before going to bed you read a piece of scripture 
Uh, and you find yourself thinking about that. You find yourself thinking about the sermon that you heard on Sunday, off and on all week long. You you listen to some of you uh, listen to Christian radio, and you, you have things that you're feeding on all week long, or you're feeding yourself spiritually all week long, and that's what it is to eat the bread of life and to drink that water. And even though Jesus said you're not thirsty, it's not meaning that you won't crave more of Jesus, more of him, more of him, more of him. Uh, And he's very uh, satisfactory, Uh, brings peace like nothing else. The world may be just falling apart around you, like it is. I mean, it's not a maybe. It is falling apart. But it always has been. Uh, It just seems like it's worse. You know, and that is a truth. Every generation thinks it's the worst that it's ever been during their generation. And so we come along and, well, it's worse now. Well... Yeah, it may be, but <clears throat> the next generation will say it's worse for them than it was for us. And it may be true, but everyone experiences things that are harsh in this world. But you can have the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the peace that he offers just by believing. Believing in Jesus. I loved part of the early days of Calvary Chapel in the 60s and 70s. Uh, so many of those people back in those days would say, Hey, what's it, what's it all about? And they'd say, Believing in Jesus, bro. And that's it. And you know the neat thing about it is uh, he doesn't ask you to be perfect. He doesn't ask you to uh, have everything worked out. We we want our relationships and all of that. It, it, it won't be perfect, but you'll have peace. That's what's important. Peace with yourself, peace with God, and hopefully a lot of peace with other Christians. Shall we pray? Father, help us even more to understand what it is that you are the bread and you are the water, the living water. And help us to understand that it's you who is our sustenance day by day by day. Help us to understand that, Father, for we know that we can only understand these things if it is revealed to us from you. So open our hearts to receive, open our eyes that we can see, open our ears to hear this truth, Father, that we can walk daily with you, our Savior, our Lord, our Lord Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen.